Hang on. Hang on. Halt. Welcome to This Might Be A Podcast, the song-by-song podcast about the greatest band of all time, They Might Be Giants. I'm your host, Greg Simpson, and I'm here with Tom Miller to talk about the song Never Knew Love off of Join Us. Here we go. I never knew love could be like this. I go around thinking I'm a genius But I never knew love could be like this Cartography is not my metier And the mountainside of Tom's Hey Hey How's uh how's Bloomington? Bloomington, Indiana. Bloomington is lovely. It's uh unnervingly warm. I I have the windows open and I'm wearing a t-shirt in the, the middle of November, so you know. That's yeah. The it was state like that here yesterday, but it's it's cooled down a little bit. Um yeah. it was windy as hell yesterday. It was blowing Yeah, up. it was it was Patio here furniture as well. all over the place. Um yeah, sure. yeah, blew the the cover off of my grill. Oh no. Yeah, we How had dare a, it. We had a little leaf tornado going on behind my place. Yeah, we saw one of those yesterday, too. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I lived in Bloomington for about a decade, I guess 2005 to, like, 2014. Okay. Were you living there at the time? Yeah, I was. Uh, yeah. I went to IU from, like, 2009 to 2012. So, uh, we were there at this... Uh, you know, overlapping times. I moved out here in late 2007. So, but we did not meet until they might be giants. Fandom brought us together. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, you yeah, had yeah. that uh, that thing at the bishop a couple of years ago, like right before COVID hit, where you talked about uh, they'll need a crane, I believe. Yeah, so they'll need a crane live episode. It was uh, it was literally two weeks before like everything shut down. Yeah. Uh, we just barely squeezed it in there. Haven't had a live episode since, but I mean, I guess it could could happen now. It's uh, something that could potentially be planned again. But yeah, you're you're one of those handful of people that um, I did not know already before the podcast and then <clears throat> met in person uh, through the podcast. And now you're finally yeah. getting to be a guest. Yeah. No, I'm... I'm so glad to finally be here. So yeah, you've been you've been chilling on the spreadsheet for about a year, which is about the the <laughs> norm, because um, I've been putting dates on there for when people sign up for it. So I was going through them like who's 
signed up back in 2021, and there you were. And I hadn't done a join us track in a minute. Try to think if I've even done a join us track this year. There's just so many, so many songs and so many different releases. So many songs. I keep making new ones too. I don't think I've done a join us track this year. So finally, now's the time. Uh, And before we get to that song, though, we need to hear about your Team BG fandom, because I have not heard that story yet either. Yeah, well, so it goes back a a very, very long time. Uh, When I was a kid, I I grew up in Washington State, uh, right around Seattle, and uh, we were just kind of living our lives, me and my family, and then a family friend uh, brought over Flood on vinyl, and... uh, so we uh, we wound up uh, immediately going out and buying our own copy, and uh, that was kind of like the sound of that summer that we got it. And uh, so I just have like yeah. so on on vinyl was when when Flood first came out. I mean, I'm, so it came out on vinyl when it was initially released in 1990 because that was like that I, weird uh, kind of in between time where it was like cassettes and CDs and yeah, I. It, I I mean, it must have been both, but, uh, you know, we were kind of uh, living in the past at the time, so we still just had a record player, and uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, we wound up getting the record, and, uh, yeah, that was just kind of the soundtrack of the summer, you know, I just remember uh, it always kind of being on in the background. I was like six or seven at the time, Yeah. so that was that was wonderful, and then uh, a couple years later, uh, or I don't know how much longer later, I got a walk band for my for my birthday and yes. I was so jazzed about it. And I got yes. a uh, Apollo 18 on cassette and, uh, and that year, like me and my family went on this huge road trip. And uh, so I just had that going on constantly in the background. So those two albums, especially I just had drilled into my brain as a kid. And then we actually went uh, as a family to go see them uh, on the John Henry tour. So like, it's always it, growing up. It was always like this sort of family bonding thing. It, so it, I don't know. It was just That's kind of amazing. Sweet, yeah. Whole, whole family going out to see the, uh, the giants and their, their newly formed quartet. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's exciting. That's awesome. And then, uh, that, that show that I went to was the, uh, sort of infamous show where, uh, uh, the presidents of the United States of America were opening and, uh, uh-huh. Chris Ballou uh, ran out uh, between the main set and the encore and was all just uh, just super hype and th- just like the most pure-hearted thing ever. He just ran out. It was like, they might be giants, rock and roll! And then uh, <laughs> Flansburg ran out on stage and tackled him. And uh, it was kind of like, I had no idea what was going on at the time, but I later read about it. It's just like, oh my God, what a what a humiliating moment that must have been for him. I, I feel so bad for him, just like... Uh, but uh it was yeah a memorable time yeah (laughs) sounds like it uh and so have you kept up with the with the giants ever since then or was there any moment where uh you know you're like i'm too cool for this i'm listening to other stuff now unfortunately there was a time where i felt like i was too cool for it um like but it was at a time yeah i guess like the late 90s um so i got uh, severe tire damage, uh, which I loved, and then I just kind of fell off for a little while until uh, until actually the spine came out. So I mm-hmm. missed out on uh, 
uh, launch all weekend and, and make car kind of the first time around. Uh, but then it was kind of cool because uh, it was like right after I'd first like moved out uh, of my parents' house and started college when the spine came out. So I always kind of associate that album with that part of my life. And then I've just kind of been on ever since. So what were you listening to at the time where you're like, this is what I'm into now, not not stuff um, like They Might Be Giants? So a lot of jazz. I was super into jazz in high school. Okay. And uh, I was <laughs> I was and still am a, a big uh, fan of video game soundtracks. So nah. I, I went even further to the to the nerdy side of the, the spectrum. <laughs> okay. okay. Yeah, <laughs> um, no, yeah. What, what brought you back around? Um just started listening to it again and it's like hey this actually still rocks and uh you know and coming back to it as an adult you hear so many things uh both musically and lyrically that you just can that passed you by as a kid and uh you know it's like it's like watching old episodes of the simpsons or something where you just come back to it and develop a whole new appreciation for it and that's the way it's always been mm-hmm. yeah you, you get all the references yeah <laughs> Because, yeah, uh, Team G like referencing a lot of old stuff. Uh, oh, just yeah. Like, just like The Simpsons, where you, you laugh at it for one reason when you're a kid, and then you laugh at it for another reason when you're an adult. Totally. Uh, so, join us 2011. Um, what, are your th- what are your thoughts on join us as a whole? Honestly, it is. it has always been, like, in my top five of all time. I have always really loved this album. Uh and it might be, I, I, I don't know, it, it just from the very first, because this song, Never Knew Love, was in the first few like advanced tracks that got released a few months before the album came out. And uh, I just remember listening to that little EP of those four tracks just over and over again and just getting so hyped for the album to come out. And uh, then... Uh, it came out that summer and I was just all about it. Um, uh, just, I, I felt like it was, I, I, I don't know what it is about it, but it's, it's one of their albums. I feel like there are some of their albums that I can listen to when I'm in a certain mood. Uh, you know, I feel like, like the else for instance is a very like wintry album. I listen to it a lot when I'm yeah, okay. feeling a little down, but I feel like Jordis is just, it can kind of just always be there. And uh, yeah, I can always come back to it and I, I always get a kick out of it. It's an anytime album. It's an anytime album. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I always thought it was a great, really diverse album with a lot of cool, uh, like really, really rocking songs. And I've talked about this before on, on join us episodes in the past about how uh, they were coming off of two kids albums when mm-hmm. uh, this one came out. So they're like yeah. busting out of the gate with "Can't Keep Johnny Down" and all the dicks in this dick town. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, I think when, that, when will you die? And you don't like me? And all these songs that would not be on a kid's album. <laughs> for sure, I, I think that maybe was part of the reason that I was so excited for it. Is I mean, and the kids' albums have a lot of great stuff on them too. But uh, it had just been a while since there'd just been a really solid, just like rocket album that they did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. Never knew love. Would you say this is one of your favorite songs on the album? Or I mean, stuff. Definitely, a lot of songs have been claimed. Uh, yeah. By the time you were choosing your track. Yeah. Well, I think that was. 
I do. I I really do like it a lot. And I, I don't know if I, I I kind of vacillate on this because I do think it is probably one of my favorite songs on the album. And uh uh for the record, Kana Johari, probably my favorite. Uh okay, yeah, yeah. But uh um but this the, it is one that I do always come back to and uh just when the album came out I used to like have this as my kind of waking up song uh when I would get up in the morning cuz like yeah. the the very beginning of the song where it has like just that like sort of pulsing synth thing and then there's mm-hmm. that little like scale that goes down and it just resolves so beautifully and it just like it feels like waking up to the world. Um, <laughs> that's a weird way to put it. But, uh, no, no, totally. I, I've always, I've always just really loved that though. The little like Lydian scale. I don't know. To go on music theory. Uh, oh, have you have you checked it? Is it actually the Lydian scale? Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah. It's a uh, there's a, yeah there's a lot of cool keyboard tones in this song, and it's definitely a keyboard focused song. There's no no guitar on this song yeah um miller doesn't get it on it at all flansburg does sing of course and we'll talk about that um but yeah that that synth at the beginning Mm -hmm. uh, i'm I'm wondering what he used on that because the wiki for some reason uh differentiates between it has keyboard john linnell but then it has Mm -hmm. synthesizer john linnell and i'm wondering if this is maybe one of those times that he busted out one of his old synths rather than just his you know his go-to keyboard yeah i wonder about that um it sounds like it might have been a sequence part or he might have been using like the chaos pad or something for it uh because he doesn't yeah i don't know if it would have been the the chaos pad is uh i don't know if if you'd be able to get that distinct of a of a pitch that one's like i don't know if it's i don't know if it's chaotic enough uh, to be the chaos (laughs) pad um but really cool tones, the little bell tones. Uh, there's into each of the Flansburg parts. There's this these big like swells, so like really cool uh, dynamic yeah, it's like tone portions. clusters kind of that come up. Yeah, yeah, there are yeah these these cluster chords that are really cool. Um, and another thing I love about this musically is is Danny's bass parts. Totally, I feel like he's honestly kind of the MVP of the song. Uh, uh, just it's so melodic. I mean, it sounds like some like Paul McCartney thing or something. It just like yeah. you can sing along with everything that he plays. It's, yeah, yeah, it's it's incredible. And with no with no guitars in there, there's plenty of space for him to work. And he is just all over the place. It, but but not in a you know annoying busy way, like you said, yeah. melodic, melodic. It just it, it's another melody that weaves in there. Mm-hmm. Um. It just I I love how the the Linnell and Flansburg sections like the Linnell parts are so like static and just like it it's just like this uh, almost like a I, I don't know the word for it just like a pedal and, and then it just goes into this like uh, counterpoint super melodic sort of like hyperactive thing in the Flansburg parts. Yeah, there's a, there's a huge. Uh tone uh, like uh, the tone of it the whole vibe of it like shifts drastically um and yeah it goes from a very chill thing yeah kind of like almost like a droning feel but i mean that there are chord changes but they're very 
the, the, the chords are really long. Uh, the changes are really long in between uh, while they move a lot quicker once it gets to the flans part. And Marty's playing like I like the um, during the Linnell parts. It's got that. Like, it almost, like makes, the, it almost yeah. makes me feel of like uh, like the old Johnny Cash stuff, like the train coming down the line kind of feel. Totally, yeah. I mean, like he's playing brushes on the back of a suitcase or something. Right. It has chugga, that. Chugga, 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 chugga. <laughs> and then his his fills going into the, the Flansburg parts are just amazing. Like just signature Marty fills into totally. the huge beat for the, for the Flans parts. I love that th- this is a unique one in that both Johns take leads. That's, that's still a pretty rare thing. Yeah. Well, we got a couple of good quotes on the uh, the wiki we should read. One of them does talk about uh, the collaborative elements of it. And then some yeah. of the other ones talk about the uh, the title. Um, you got the, the wiki up in front of you? Yep. You want to read that first one for us? Yeah, sure. John Flansburg on the song. Oh, John Flansburg on the song in the 2011 Spinner.com interview. Uh, Never Knew Love is actually an optimistic song. The full title would be Never Knew Love Like This Before. That's pretty upbeat, which I think it's funny that he gets the name of his own song wrong, but uh, or the, the lyric. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> he, he later elaborated on why the title was chosen. We're sort of painted in the corner, into a corner on the title. There was a huge hole. There was a huge soul hit called Never Knew Love Like This Before. And now our title makes it seem a lot less optimistic than the song really is. Sometimes it seems like all the titles are taken. Right. But yeah, but like you said, it's it, it, never knew love could be like this yeah. is what the lyric is. Are there I, other I songs think... that are called that? Like, why didn't they call it that? Because <laughs> never yeah. knew love like this before is not that exact phrase is not in the song. No, it's not. All. But, you know, I, I, I appreciate the brevity of the title. And it also gives it some ambiguity that, uh, you know, I think it works. Yeah, because just as is, it's like, oh, this person has never known love. No. I've never never been in love. That's so sad. Yeah. Uh, but never knew love could be like this. A lot more optimistic. Uh, and then on a Song Facts interview, also in 2011, Flan says, uh, that's a collab. Collabo is what the... Collabo. Cl- I'm wondering if that... <laughs> collabo. I wonder if that's actually the way he said it. A collabo that John and I put together. I think the idea was to put together something that was split. Kind of the meat of the song is this very simple, slow, unwinding chorus with the phrase, never knew love like this before, <laughs> which again is not the lyric. Yeah. And it's very pretty and kind of dreamy in electronic kind of way. And then the verses are these raging rock moments and very dense with words and very dense with ideas. It's a lot of crazy, compressed thought in the verses. So it's like any kind of musical duet where the roles are really divvied up. Like the part that I sing is very rapid fire. And I can't even explain the point of view in the lyrics, which is coming from a very odd place. But it is on the topic of new love, but it just makes it much more mysterious a topic than new love really is. I mean, the first verse is all about how crazy it sort of makes love seem like it's a, like it's mountain climbing or something. That it's like this crazy adventure that you might not survive. But that's the story with They Might Be Giants, making the clear and obvious difficult and incomprehensible. <laughs> I love that last, that last little bit. <laughs> that, that, 
That is so. Uh, that is such a flans moment, uh, making the clear and obvious difficult and not incomprehensible. Yeah. Um, so flans is the, is the usual interview subject, but then there's a quote from uh, Linnell uh, yeah. from an AV Club interview. You want to read that one? Yeah, sure. There's a song, for example, where I had a chorus and verse and didn't like the verse, so I erased the vocals on the verse and gave the whole thing to Mr. Flansberg, and he cooked up a completely different melody and lyric for that section. That's the one where one of us sings the chorus and the other sings the verse. That worked, I thought. That's the song Never Knew Love. <laughs> that worked, I thought. That worked. Uh, see, this is this is the point where it would be so cool if they still released demos, because they were into the era where just, like, nothing, you know, we would only hear the studio version. Like I would love to hear yeah. what Linnell had put in that verse section. Yeah. And, and to me, I, I do kind of wonder if it's something that he maybe you know, recycled and used for one of his other songs or something. And, uh, yeah. and mm-hmm. we, we may never know. Never know. Uh, yeah. I, I, I love having dial a song stuff to play. Um, and to just, just, I love hearing the growth of a song, just the the mutations it can take, or the the improvements that they make to it, um, absolutely helps you appreciate the song craft. And so here, I mean, he's saying that that yeah, there was a time where he, I mean, it's cool that he could recognize like, oh, I think, you know, I think my friend here could do a better job with this. I'll pass it off to him. Uh, and th- you know, that's cool that the, this is something that we don't hear a whole lot. Uh, really really ever in their catalog there's only a handful of songs i can think of where they both take a significant portion of the lead vocals yeah i'm uh i'm trying to think of another one right now and i'm having a hard time uh pulling anything this is gonna be the 204th episode of this (laughs) (laughs) and i know there have been a handful of times where i we've come across a song like that i mean finger that's cheating yeah, I wouldn't say that counts. <laughs> I wouldn't say that counts. Um, but yeah, I'm blanking too. But um, th- that's that's how rare it is. Yeah. Yeah. So Flansburg does insist that it is an optimistic song. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we get to the lyrics, it's funny. I did. I don't always look at the interpretations, but in the interpretations tab on this song, people are like, no, I there don't care some- what Flansburg says. <laughs> There were some wild ones, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Pardon me, I just... <laughs> I don't care what they said. This is meant to be a sad song. Uh, what's what's your take on these lyrics? Well, it is interesting because they are... It, it goes back and forth between, like, I never knew love could be like this, uh, but that's, like, such a vague thing to say that you can really take it in any way. Like, it could be an optimistic thing. It could be, like... Oh, this sucks. <laughs> uh, which hopefully is not the case. But I never uh, knew love could be this shitty. <laughs> um, I mean, kind of the vibe of it sounds pleasant and happy. Yeah, it sounds almost like euphoric. With uh, especially in Linnell's section, he has like this sort of dreamy, just like walking on yeah. air kind of feel to it. Um, but the Giants are are pretty well known for having poppy songs the, about sad things. So exactly, it yeah, doesn't necessarily give it away. <laughs> and then, yeah, it's weird because because uh, and sections, on the other hand, are so lyrically dense and uh, and just sort of obscure, despite it being just like this, just glorious rock like <laughs> fanfare yeah. almost. But cartography is not my métier. It's like 
This is one of those bands where you have to keep a dictionary nearby sometimes. It's like, so I've fun. never heard that word in my life. Yeah. Um, so cartography is is map making. Yeah. Well, and, no, cartography I'd heard of. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, well, just in case anyone hadn't. But, yeah. Uh, Metier, uh, f- definitely French. Um, like, I mean, you, you could you could guess from it that it's, yeah. a, you know, a job and a profession. But I did look it up just to just to be sure. Yeah, <laughs> but it's such a Flans thing to do. I think he is always searching for. He's like, what's a, what's a word I've never used in a song before? Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, the mountainsides of daydreams too steep for me today. I, I guess I just get this feeling of of, of feeling lost and over your head and and like really, uh, but also like mountain climbing. It's like you're in this beautiful, uh, untouched nature and. It, but you're still like feeling overwhelmed by things. I don't know. There's a lot of ways to take that. Um, and then I don't know the, the, uh, the second plan section, the second verse, I actually, I, I really love it. Um, it's one of my, I, I don't know. I've been listening to this song a lot over the last week because I knew I was coming on here, but uh, just that, uh, biography is all they understand no semaphore secrets are just good old pretend and um i it's really it feels very intimate in a very obtuse way kind of yeah Um, yeah yeah Yeah, so semaphore like literally is uh like signaling signaling with flags yeah yeah so a whole the yeah. album cover. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? Yeah. Um so I guess in this sense it's uh you know, not having to read some sort of code from the other person. Yeah. Uh you know, no codes or secrets or pretending. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It, it um, does seem a little more positive than the first verse, because in the first one, we got lovers lost before us, and most did not return. Yeah. I love not returning. Uh, so hale and hearty, now, now broken, broken down, down and burned. And burned <laughs> right? Such an optimistic song, right? <laughs> yeah, right. We believe you. <laughs> um, yeah, promise not, in the second verse, promise not to break. It does sound a little more... more a little more optimistic. The optimism thing I might believe more if we're talking about the second verse. Yeah. Than the first. And also, this is something that the interpretations pointed out. Like biography is is what other people what other people's perception of you is. So Oh yeah, because it's not autobiography. Yeah. Biography. Um so maybe it's like, you know, people on the outside might not know what's going on, but we have kind of our own language and uh and we're we're working things out on our own. I don't know. It could be. Yeah, I, I can definitely see the optimism in that. Mm-hmm. If, well, it could also mean that like everybody else in the world hates the two of you, but uh, <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> uh, the really the only thing in the the Linnell sections that I wonder about is that I go around thinking I'm a genius. What what does being a genius have to do with? Um, being in love, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it almost just seems like he needed something to rhyme with this genius. The way he says genius, it. yeah. And I feel like, and I feel like this is something that Linnell does a lot, where you have like he has sort of a slant rhyme, but then he just like leans really hard into the part of it that doesn't rhyme at all. 
<laughs> like uh, that song, uh, the Captain. Uh huh. Me over on the Captain. Uh, you say it's such a joke, but I don't hear you laughing. It's yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That doesn't rhyme. But no. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make it seem like. Like, I really think that it does. <laughs> Draw attention to the awkwardness <laughs> right. in the moment. <laughs> I also love just uh, getting the, the stark contrast in their their tones. Like, you've got Linnell kind of in his comfortable lower register mm-hmm. singing in, yeah, that kind of sweet tone. He's not getting into his kind of strained upper register that he loves to, to lean into as well. Yeah. Just kind of the, the chill Linnell tone. And then... Flans up in his high register, his his kind of like wispier high range. He's not going falsetto or anything, but it's his yeah. cartography, like his, his his wispy uh high end. So yeah. it's just such a stark difference between the two sections. Uh that I wouldn't say it seems like there's they're two different songs glued together. Um but it is a cool contrast which keeps the song really interesting. Yeah, I think the duality of it it, it works. Yeah, uh, and also it, it's interesting because the uh, the Linnell sections he is doing that sort of more croony thing, but then when he comes in with the backup vocals on on Flans's part, you hear him just like ah! <laughs> just, yeah, yeah, they really like are screaming. tucked back there. I almost uh, I don't think I even really noticed him until I was really digging into it for this episode. Yeah, um, definitely something that that comes through more on. Um, a live version that we're going to hear. Yeah. In a bit. That's, that's, that's what really drew my attention to it. Yeah. Yeah. Should we go ahead and play that live version? Yeah. Let's think? do it. So instead of just alluding to it. Um, yeah. So the, the debut of this song, um, was four days before join us even came out. Um, like you pointed out though, it was on the, 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 the few previously released songs. Um, and they debuted it in London uh, on July 15th. So let's check that out. So it, it's not the best recording, but we're getting some guitar in here. Yeah, there's definitely like sort of a flangey thing going on with the palm mute. 
Yeah, but it's definitely guitar, right? I mean, it, it, yeah. right off the bat, I was like, yeah, that's guitar. Um, so it changes it up from the studio version, uh, and then you get a little bit in the um, kind of like some chunks on the backbeat when it gets to the Flames verses as well. Um, but we don't get a lot of the synth flourishes, or maybe they just don't come through on the recording. Yeah, I maybe. Um, I was having trouble. Like, I didn't hear those little chiming, descending parts. Yeah, there, there is uh It's a different sound, though. It's more just like a, a piano sound or something. Or some mm-hmm. kind of, like, maybe a Rhodes or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I I also like that there's, there's a couple kind of... Uh, goofs in the melody too mm-hmm. and i love hearing that you know them debuting a song and uh linnell kind of loses the pitch a couple of times yeah kind of uh, still trying to figure out how to make it work live which i think is very endearing yeah you know i love that you know they're not they're not i mean they're like gods but they're not <laughs> gods <laughs> exactly um yeah, no, it's it is cool to hear like just the origin of it, and I've you know I I've never they've only played this I think thirteen times. Is that? Let's see. I was seventeen. Known seventeen. Performances. Uh, none of them were performances I was at, so uh, I have never actually heard this live myself, and I don't know how they have maybe changed the arrangement a little bit since then. But it's it is cool to hear the origin of it. I mean, I'm guessing they'd all be pretty similar because it's all just supporting the album. Yeah, um, it seems like you know, going from summer of 2011 into the beginning of 2012. Oh yeah. Um, so they haven't really brought it back since they were promoting "Join Us." I think they should. Yeah, I do too. I think there are a lot of the. I mean, they have like how many songs? Like one million. One million. So to have them all in constant rotation is a, is a little bit a little bit tricky. Yeah. <laughs> But again, the the Linnell Flansburg trade off vocals, I think, is something that'll be really cool to see live. Yeah, totally. Um, and it, like you were talking about that background uh, Linnell part on the Flans sections. Yeah, and ah, <laughs> really <laughs> yeah, comes he, through. He's really just just kind of <laughs> eking it out there, but but it works. <laughs> totally, totally. Um, it gets a good applause from the from the crowd afterwards, though. It's yeah, not like it went over well. So the chord progression to this song mm-hmm. is is not super weird. Like I'm I'm assuming that it does sound like Linnell wrote all of the music, right? Or at least the you know the the basic yeah. structure of it. And Flames was just a melody and lyrics on those parts, right? I do wonder about it because it is really musically consistent. Um, it, it it does all just kind of sound like it flows into it. Like, I, I feel like they both kind of know how to write like the other one, but at the same time, it, it does just feel like it, it just flows all together well enough. Yeah. I, I, mm-hmm. Yeah. I like the, uh, the sneaky F minors bef- at the end of the Linnell parts. Yeah. Uh, because it too. is pretty we, solidly in C major, um, so you get a lot of F, F majors and F major sevens as well. Um, so to get that F minor um, on the very last, I never knew love could be like this, gives it a, a cool kind of flavor before it kicks into the to the the poppy part. Yeah, the uh, 
the I'm I'm such a sucker for a minor four to one. Just like that little like that little longing like da, da, just um it, yeah it just adds this little like bittersweet little just little tug at the heartstrings to it. <laughs> yeah, a little extra and, dramatic flourish. Yeah. And then uh yeah, the um for for the flying sections it's just pretty much one five four, one five four. Uh, you know, then there are a few yeah. other chords, but it's very it's very straightforward, but mm-hmm. but it works very well. Yeah, it's uh, it, yeah, it seems like it would be a really fun song to play, and we do have um, a couple of covers. I was hoping for more, but I only found two covers. Yeah, I actually uh, I I started working on one of my own at one point, and I. Was kind of hoping to have it here, but uh, you know, if I if I do ever finish it, I'll post it in the group. <laughs> I started okay. working on it on a chiptune version of it. Oh, chiptune version! That would I'd, I'd love to hear that. I uh, I I couldn't find the file before we started recording, unfortunately. But uh, oh, I promise oh. you that. Well, I I'm not going to promise, but hopefully it will someday exist. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, what we do have here um the first one is on a youtube channel called pencils what is it pen uh pencil pencil and pills pencils and pills <laughs> pencils and pills um we've got uh, a young lady here i don't know her name i, I she looks kind of familiar. i believe she has had a song or two in the cover sections before <clears throat> um but let's go ahead and listen to this one it's so simple and uh i don't know her voice is so it's so pleasant it really just works wonderfully with the song i think yeah and it fits it really well she doesn't change the the key signature um but still it fits right in her range and she hits the the flames parts especially the second time around really hard uh in in a cool way like it gets that that vibe shift you know without having you know with only having one instrument on it Still really uh, showcasing the difference between those two sections. Hopping over to her channel before. I'm trying to remember what else would have been on the show. Oh, I can can see her wearing the They Accordion shirt in a video. But it's not a They Might Be Giants song that she's playing. But she's wearing They Might Be Giants shirt. Oh, and there's another one where she's wearing a uh, Say I'm the Only Bee in Your Bonnet shirt. There you go. Oh, here very it is. Uh, she did a cover of Answer. Oh, very cool. Which was on that episode. So yeah, that was a while ago. 
I guess it was, I guess that must have been the only one. But yeah, solid performance. I like the take on it. Uh, yeah. Very well done. Um, pencils and pills, uh, whatever your name is. Good job. <laughs> Yeah. And then we've got Euchre Nemesis. <laughs> Ukulele <laughs> cover. Euchre Nemesis. And I love the, uh, the, the, video the flaming ukulele. Starts, the flaming ukulele. Uh, very pixelated looking logo. Uh, <laughs> so here we've got a, a young fella, though this was 11 years ago. Um, so the song was pretty new at the time. Yeah. Um, Let's listen to his cover. It starts off a little shaky, mm-hmm. you know, and when he's singing down low, he has a little trouble finding the pitch. But then when he kicks into the flans part, he almost goes into like this, this kind of emo pop punky kind of whale uh, tone. Oh, yeah, vocals, I totally hear that. Which I think works perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> Not my Mitty. <laughs> yeah, right. Instead of that that wispy flames tone, he's just going like full throated, yelling at the top of his register. Yeah, I do like that. He's just really shredding that ukulele. I- <laughs> yeah, yeah. And here I'm seeing. I I thought this kid looked familiar too. I hopped over to his channel. Uh, they were played. Um, well, him and one of his friends play wearing a raincoat. They got oh, nice. They were on. They were on that episode. But nothing has been posted to this channel for. A decade, so hmm. I wonder what this guy's up to now. But yeah, I mean, I mean, he looks like he looks like he couldn't be more than like fourteen. In that I know, period. yeah, he's in. I mean, yeah, like freshman in high school or something. So yeah, yeah, I, I bet he's doing doing plenty of plenty of other cool stuff now. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, I was hoping for. I was hoping for a keyboard cover or an accordion cover or something like that, but um, I guess we'll just have to wait for your, your chiptune cover. Yes. Uh, Which now I'm and... obligated to make. <laughs> I, th- I, I think so. <laughs> Anything else uh, before we score this thing? 
Uh, one thing I would like to mention, uh, yeah. I, I really love how abrupt the ending of the studio version of this is. Um, uh-huh. Where, like, because like, you have the same, like, synth wash that's been building up through all the other choruses, but then it just, like, it, it's just such a dry, like, and it just, yeah. like, it feels <laughs> like the air suddenly just gets sucked out of it. And it's, yeah, I don't know, it, the, the absence of sound gives it its own, you know... It's I love that. Sound. Yeah, the, a, a big crescendo to nothing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, the synth stuff in this one um just really really, you know, hits me where I yeah. like it. I'm just a, a synth head and uh again, I'd like to know if there was uh anything special that he he whipped out for the uh the studio version of this one. Yeah. Um because well, it does some... seem, like I said in the live one, it does seem like there's some tones that are missing. So maybe there's some stuff that, you know, he did on a different keyboard that, you know, when he went live with his live setup, uh, he couldn't recreate. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, and that tremolo sound kind of shows up, uh, just the pulsating synth. And I do wonder if it's like the same pedal or whatever that gets used elsewhere on the album, because there's a lot of, there's a lot of that tremolo like in Kana Johari, uh, which I mentioned, it has uh-huh. a, a similar, like, on the choruses of that, it has a similar, like, da 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 Yeah. So it might be the same, just pedal or, or keyboard setting or whatever. He was just really into it. He was into that it. Time. He was feeling yeah. it. <laughs> feeling it. Uh, so, um, scoring this song, as you know from being a listener of the show, it is scoring it against uh, the They Might Be Giants canon, not against, you know, Beethoven or, uh, <laughs> or I don't, you know, Miles Davis or I don't know, whatever kind of jazz you were into at the time. You're not, you know, scoring it against uh, Louis Armstrong okay. tracks. Um, <laughs> so, uh, w- w- what do you think for Never Knew Love? Um, I'd, uh, I'd probably give it an eight. Uh, it's not like in my absolute top tier, but it's one that I really like. And it's one that every time I'm listening to the album, I'm always looking forward to hearing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a, a, a deep cut. It's one of those ones that, um, you know, it doesn't have that, you know, single kind of feel, mm-hmm. um, but it's one that you're always happy is there when it comes. Yeah, for sure. And yeah. just uh and and the placement of it on the album too, uh uh just coming right before and it has uh just like such an abrupt tonal shift between this and the next song, which is The Lady and the Tiger, that mm-hmm. it just like that pairing of songs I think is so strong that it just it works really well within the album. And Judy is your Vietnam is the one right before. Oh it, yeah, so that's it, right. I was trying to remember what song came before it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sandwich there uh, at track twelve. Um, so yeah, it, it definitely you know breaks up the, uh, the you know it, it brings in a different uh, uh, vibe before you know Lady and the Tiger kicks back in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, what am I gonna go on this one? It, it's one that. Again, I appreciate more now having gone through it and talking with you about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you said, it's not like top, top tier in the album. Um, I think I'm kind of in a similar spot as you. I think I'm going to go 7.5 on this one. Cool. That feels about right. Um, 
Tom, do you have anything you want to tell the people about? Any plugs? Um, yeah, you know, I, I mentioned uh, I mentioned doing a chiptune cover, but I have actually made quite a lot of music of that particular genre. So if you're interested uh, in that at all, you can go. I have a Bandcamp. It's just a uh, Tom Miller VGM at band or Tom Miller VGM and I have a few albums up there. Some of them are chip tunes, some of them are not, but uh, that's where I put most of my stuff when I do it. Nice. I don't think I've checked any of that out before. I'll have to head over there. Do you want people to follow you on social media? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, so it's uh, <laughs> I'm <laughs> I'm trying to figure out whether I'm going to be on Twitter uh, much in the near future, uh, but right now I am. Uh, <laughs> yes, yeah, so so. as of the recording of this, you're on <laughs> now. On yeah. Uh, so uh, if you want to, you can follow me there. I'm uh, at audio m y o. Audio Mio, uh, which there's a long story behind that, and I don't feel like sharing it here, but uh, that's how you can find me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, that's fine. I really hope that Twitter doesn't change too much. I mean, really, it's been out of all the places, it's 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 the uh spot where people have come together the most over the pod. I don't know. It's, it's the place where it grabbed the most traction to start. I'm not really sure why. Um, but it seems to be, it's my favorite place to post about the podcast and I hope things, uh, don't get too crazy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But you know, I don't have a blue check mark, so I don't know if I have to worry about paying $8 <laughs> or whatever. That, uh, yeah, that eight bucks. $20. Well, what about eight? <laughs> <laughs> Stephen King just like, they're just shaking his head and just like, oh, this fucking guy. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah you can find this might be a podcast all over the place we're at this might be a pod on twitter um and uh, all the other places but hey i need some voicemails haven't had a voicemail in a minute uh, it's 224-801-2930 call in and leave your thoughts about never new love or whatever you want so tom thanks for being on and you're welcome to pick another song if you would like. You can think on that if you'd like to, and you can let me know. Right on. Thanks for having me. And hopefully, uh, you know, we could do something again in Bloomington sometime. Or if you ever want to come up to Lafayette. Yeah, last time uh, did not work out, but I would like it to at some point. <laughs> yes, yes. All right. Cool. But I never knew love.